Well, hey, friends, welcome to this episode of Q on Q. Well, here we are, part three of our series on relationships. Can I just take a minute and tell you something? I now know that this series was so for me right now. I'm talking to so many people about relationships and friendships and the like, and God has just been pouring stuff into me, and I'm so grateful that I can then in turn send it out to you. If you haven't checked out the first two episodes of this series, I highly encourage you to do so. Some powerful stuff has been shared, and share it with anyone who you think needs an uplift when it comes to their relationships and friendships. So let's super quickly review what we've talked about so far in this series. God designed us for relationships. We are called to connect with and encourage each other. Regardless of what type of relationships you might have, friends, family, work, or something else, we all long for healthy, supportive, interdependent relationships. And in this craving, we look for something more than we might call superficial or surface level. We crave authenticity. Authenticity is key to any relationship thriving. It allows us to reveal our true selves. It fosters trust, acceptance, and understanding between people. It creates openness and emotional intimacy no matter what type of relationship it is. Authenticity in relationships occurs when people are honest and genuine with each other. We all build relationships with people in our lives, you know, our support system, our village. These are the people who we work with, hang out with, our family, those who help us. And from that, we have a few people who are our closest inner circle. And it's so important that those people who we literally do life with are the people God has placed in front of us. It's important for us to walk the path he calls for us so those people will come in our path and we can make life-changing connections with them. So today, I don't want to be a downer after two episodes of uplift and connections and friends, but today I want to talk about what we need to watch out for. Just like connections with others are so important, it's just as important to define what those are do what we need to to maintain their health, and know where any boundaries exist in our relationships. Setting healthy boundaries in your relationships can help you protect your identity and personal space. It can also prevent others from taking advantage of you or limiting what you've been called to do. Setting boundaries can enhance your mental and emotional well-being and actually strengthen your relationships with others. When a relationship lacks boundaries, There are some very damaging and evident side effects that can occur. Now, I'm not saying it happens all the time, but sometimes, without boundaries, it can be difficult to trust other people, and you might find it difficult to take care of yourself because something in the relationship is putting a strain on you. Boundaries allow us to maintain our relationship long-term, you know, like the glue that allows a relationship to stay together despite strain or pressure. Well, some boundaries in relationships might be obvious, and others a given, and some others may not be so clear. I want to share a little today about some of the boundaries that you need to be aware of and establish in your relationships. You know, the types, amount, and severity of boundaries really might depend on the type of relationships you have, but many are ones that are never too late to start, and without them, can put quite a strain on your relationships. Well, first is respecting each other's time. You need to respect your friend's time, and they, very honestly, need to respect yours. It's probably happened to you. You're supposed to meet someone for coffee, and you're already at the cafe 
when they cancel at the last minute. Now, I know they might have had an emergency or a very valid reason, and although it's not the end of the world, you still took time out of your day to meet them, brave traffic across town, and missed out on potential other plans. Where to be cautious here is if this is a pattern with this particular friend. Do they respect your time? Are you as important to them as they are to you? Most relationships have a very clear expectation or a repeated pattern that becomes the norm where both parties know how they connect in life, through what means and how often. I've seen so many teenagers get completely consumed by their phones because they feel they need to communicate constantly to keep a friendship, whether it's texts or snaps or whatever. You know, they're messaging, so I better message back if I want to make that connection. But it's not just once. It's all the time. And the next thing you know, their nose is buried in their phone constantly. All right, let's move on. Relationships, like communication, can't be one-sided if they are to be successful. You know, that friend who only seems to contact you when they need something? A boundary that goes unchecked in many relationships is the non-reciprocal benefits issue. We probably all know someone who is relentless and keeps coming at us for their own benefit, not ours. And maybe they need us in a particular season or for a particular reason. But sometimes we need to set limits. I heard a quote one time that applies to this well. It said, givers need to set limits because takers never do. The type of relationship you have and where the other party is in your circles will probably determine how much you share with them about certain parts of your life. You probably have friends who know almost everything about you and others who don't. And that's perfectly okay. Some people have this idea they need to tell everybody they know everything going on in their life. You know, the people that post every three seconds on social media, I just went to the bathroom. I'm kidding. I've never seen that before. But you get the point of where I'm going with that. And while you can be as open or private about things as you'd like, to what level you choose to share can impact a relationship. If we are that way, and the other party isn't the same, or maybe we aren't and the other party is, we need to allow the other side to also feel comfortable keeping things to themselves or being as open as they'd like, with exception. Remember that just because somebody doesn't share doesn't make them less of a friend, and it doesn't lessen your relationship with them. But this is where a boundary can be effective. If they start to share a little too much, Maybe you could set a boundary as to what's acceptable in your relationship. So here's the honest truth. While we would love to say we can be completely open and share everything with all of our friends, and that everyone can and should be involved with us in all facets of life, it's just simply not the truth. We've talked about how those much more personal, intimate details of your life are reserved for those closest to you. And this is where boundaries can be so important. I'm going to try to say this in the nicest way possible. Some friends mean well, but they just don't know when to stay out of your business. Having that boundary allows you to have the choice of what, when, and how you choose to have aspects of your life shared. So what about when we have friends or people we connect with, even on a pretty decent level, that just have some blatant differences? For example, What if they aren't on the same page with you politically, or in their language that they use, or how they spend their time, or morally, 
We could go a thousand different directions here, and different people are going to have their different opinions about this. But here's what I will say that is completely my opinion. If you have a dear friend, an incredible connection with major differences in this area, some boundaries about what is and what isn't appropriate to discuss or do are necessary. For example, we do not have alcohol in our home, and if and when we talk about politics, it's in a very general sense and perhaps only about certain policies, but not about this candidate or this person or whatever. And I like to think sometimes that these things can be understood between parties, but sometimes it creates an uncomfortableness. You know, if somebody who you think you're friends with shows up for dinner and says, so what do you think of this guy? Blah, 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 whatever it happens to be. (laughs) What if they bring it up during a game night or a dinner and you really don't want to talk about it? You can either deflect the conversation, water it down, or just straight up say it isn't something you want to talk about. Especially in the past dozen years or so, I've seen so many friendships, lifelong connections lost over who voted for who. Because my colleague next door at work voted for the other guy means I shouldn't still try to maintain a connection with them? (laughs) I can't even think about that. This is where you either establish a boundary or if you offer to talk about it, expect some things to be said that might create uncomfortableness or even some hurt. This is where communication is so effective. Ever get in a fight with a friend over text or even the phone? There's nothing like communicating you know, with a person to make sure what each other is saying is shared correctly. But in regards to communication, this is where we sometimes need to establish a boundary. Some people like to talk in person. Others like texting better. For some, maybe a video call might be necessary. But what about that friend who will send 20 texts in a row and not allow you to respond or wait for you to respond? If a boundary is being broken and you want to maintain that connection, you can't be afraid to let the other party know when it's too much. Setting a personal boundary about communication and how you communicate will allow you to have less stressful interactions in the future. Okay, so those are some things that I feel are important boundaries to create in a relationship. But in reality, how do we set those boundaries up and just what types of things are really boundaries in relationships? Well, I'll start by saying this. You might be hearing all this and thinking, this is a lot easier said and heard than done. And that can be true, because sometimes we find our communications or our interactions want to be times of happiness and want to be times that we are making good connections, and we don't want to bring up something of an awkward nature. But there are some boundaries that are important for our friendships and our relationships to be as strong as they can be. What about boundaries of time? What I mean in this is in regards to the importance of your time and their time. This means avoiding canceling at the last minute or double booking, obviously unless an emergency has risen, being honest when you already have things planned and you not getting angry when somebody's busy, being respectful of people's time and not always showing up late for events. But it's also making boundaries of time in your schedule to make sure these relationships can still thrive. But what about material boundaries? I hear this all the time from middle school students about them taking clothes from a sibling's closet without asking. (laughs) And maybe that's harmless, but what if somebody in a relationship is using something of yours or wants to use something of yours and it begins to cross the borders of respect? You know, that lawn tool that they borrowed that comes back broken? Okay, maybe one time was an accident or something else was used and not returned in the way you thought it should be. 
We love to make coffee in our house. We have a lovely espresso machine, and some visitors have said the iced beverages we make are some of the best they've tasted. I've often had friends text me before an event asking, hey, can you bring me our coffee tonight? And I am always happy to oblige. None of my friends have ever taken advantage of the fact that we've got the cool coffee machine or that I'll always say yes. Now, if I started to get the, hey, can you start bringing me a drink every day message or um, I'm going to be, you know, a mile away from you. Can we meet up and get this and or whatever? It might start to become an issue if whatever the circumstance is, you know, it seems to be a bit too often. I might have to think twice about that. It's okay to insist that some boundary is respected. Like, I can bring you coffee today, but I won't be able to make it all the time. So that's just one example of material things. But what about physical boundaries? Some of us like to have a bubble. I have a student this year who really hasn't grasped personal space. And I feel like stands inches from my side when talking to me. And I'm constantly reminding him to take a step back and respect personal space. But on the flip side, I'm a hugger. And I'm not afraid to be appreciative or greet someone by expressing a handshake or a hug. But what about the people that aren't okay with it? It's okay to offer a high five, a fist bump, a wave, or whatever you feel comfortable with. Especially post-COVID, a lot of people just didn't feel comfortable in case germs were present. Just like you can set up boundaries of what you're comfortable with, respect that of others. And here's one that is kind of a touchy subject a lot of times, and one I've struggled with through the years, intellectual boundaries. Now, hear me out. I'm not talking about somebody being smarter or less intelligent than someone else. Here's what I'm referring to. Have you ever been in a conversation with a friend where the facts are clearly presented and you've just run completely out of explanation and the other party just doesn't get it? Or in something where the two of you just don't agree, and rather than expressing your viewpoint or even facts and ending it there, we escalate it far beyond. Most of us get incredibly frustrated, and it turns from discussion to disagreement to argument, and maybe even to a time of separation. I can't sit here and say I've never been guilty of this very thing. I like to think as I've gotten older, I've tried to control my temper in these situations, but what we have to realize is that this is a type of boundary. We need to set limits how far discussions get and also limits on our responses in those situations. You know, I understand what you're saying. We just don't seem to agree. Or can we talk about something else right now? Or I don't mind if you disagree with me, but please don't insult me. It's okay to let people know that you're fine with having differences of opinions and that you'll continue to appreciate their uniqueness. And I know there are many other types of boundaries out there, emotional, political, spiritual, material work, and the like. So I hope if something in life you identify needs boundaries, you are able to take a step back, look at the relationship, and see what you need to do and how you can do it to allow those boundaries to preserve, maintain, and enhance your relationships. If you don't know how to set those boundaries, here are a few suggestions for what you can do. The first and one of the most important things I can recommend is to always express the value of the relationship to you. Knowing how to set boundaries with friends isn't about hurting feelings. It's actually quite the opposite. Setting boundaries doesn't always have to be directly discussed, but even when it does, it's letting the other party know how much you value your connection with them. Never be afraid to communicate. I can't tell you how many friendships, connections, and relationships, especially dating and married people, who allow their relationships to be fractured. 
just because they won't talk. I can't tell you how many teenagers, including my own, who have issues in a relationship, feel like they never seem to come to a resolution. All because they just won't speak. They won't talk about it. I feel myself saying all the time, why don't you just talk to them? Have I seen those conversations go south sometimes? Sure, but the number of resolutions and reconnections far outweigh those that fall off, just when we're willing to talk about it. And perhaps the most important thing is to compromise without compromising. Here's what I mean. In some cases, you and a friend may need to admit your differences and meet in the middle. You may have a personal boundary that's opposite from theirs. Um, Never compromise who you are, but do what you can to compromise or give in areas that don't invalidate who you are morally, if it means maintaining your relationship with someone. Even though it can be an intimidating thought, knowing how to set boundaries with your friends is important for your and their long-term happiness and the success of your relationship. Any relationship that's good for you will likely flourish and grow after you set healthy boundaries. Well, most of us have our person, you know, the person you literally tell everything to. They know your stories. They know your testimonies. They often know your most intimate details. Even in relationships that seem like they're unshakable, unquestionable, and immovable, you need boundaries. Without boundaries, even the best of friendships can become stressed, fractured, or even broken. And although it might seem awkward at first, setting healthy friendship boundaries, even in the closest relationships, is very important for your relationship's endurance. Violating boundaries with those closest to you can result in feeling used, confused, and sometimes heartbroken. Fill your inner circle with the right people. These people will ultimately impact you in more ways than you can imagine. You know, the topics of my podcasts are things I feel God has laid on my heart to be shared. And while I always say that I hope this topic and this series in particular has been meaningful and impactful to you, it sure has been to me. Through the preparation and recording and listening, I've realized this was just as much, if not more, for me. And I'm so grateful every day for what I'm being taught and how God is allowing me to learn and share through this outreach. It's been a pleasure being with you again this time, and I hope that this three-part series has been meaningful to you. Next time, I'm going to kind of go a different direction, and I'll be sharing something that is going to be kind of fun, yet kind of serious, and I have a lot to say about it. Our next episode is entitled Bumper Stickers. You might be thinking, where is he going with this? Well, what do bumper stickers teach us, and what wisdom can we learn from the little phrases we see on the backs of cars every day. To find out, tune in next time. Well, friends, it's been great being with you again. As always, I really do appreciate you tuning in, and we will see you back here next time, where we'll have more for you on Q.